Well, it's good to hear that music again. This is City View with Mayor Tom Koch, a podcast, Quincy podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's been a long time. Mayor, my name is Mark Carey. I'm your media director. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling the, the people that are listening to that. I wonder what you did. That's your title, huh? <laughs> Yeah, and you've always questioned it before, but uh, thank you for allowing me to take it. So well, thank we you. Always give good titles in, in lieu of good pay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to be back. It has so. been a while. Jeez, it's, it's been, been a while. long time. Well, yeah. the reason why is we haven't done the podcast is because you've done daily videos every single day on what's happening in the city, and, and they've been very helpful. Yeah, I try to keep people up to date. I mean, it, for a while there, people were very, very concerned, anxious. And looking for information. So we were, we were doing the best we could to share that each and every day. And, and the information was changing, as you know, every day. Not just the stats, but the guidelines from the CDC and the state. So it's uh, it's been a fascinating time. And just when you think things can't get worse, we've had a rough couple of weeks on the social justice issues across the country. So it's uh, some bizarre time. Yeah, and we'll talk about those a little bit. Uh, but also... Do we have to? Well, we don't, we don't really have to, no. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> It'd be more comforting for, for me to not talk about it at all. But uh, at the same time, uh, we should just do an update on, on uh, well, most likely pretty much what we did on the video yesterday, but just sort of touching base on some of the numbers and where we are in those, as far as yeah, COVID-19 I mean, we, we've experienced, obviously, over the last several weeks and months, uh, 130 deaths with a very large portion of those being in nursing homes and mostly you know elderly folks that had underlying health conditions. And certainly we... We know that not only is it hard to lose a loved one, but during the crisis when they couldn't go in and visit their loved one, they couldn't have a typical wake, a funeral. I mean, it, it, tough, tough stuff. So, you know, my heart breaks for a lot of those families. And I've written a lot of notes over the last several weeks because now the wakes are up again, so you can get to go in and express your, your sympathy in person. But uh, for a while, that was pretty bizarre and Can't tough imagine. for families. So, I mean, when you know, when you're going through that, you you often say a wake's not for the deceased, it's for the for the loved ones. It's a It's a... It's a place to get support from friends and, and loved ones and so forth. So, you know, it's been tough for those people. So fortunately, we're going in the right direction. We now only have 12 active cases in Quincy, uh, which, is, re- which is remarkable. Yeah, yeah we, we had, uh, our numbers were, weren't as bad as some cities. It was always concerning. Well, that was that was important. I think that was everybody's been watching the federal daily updates to the state daily updates. Well, it was important for you know for proper leadership here as well. And I think our, the people of Quincy really responded really well. well indeed, and, and and they want they they got it and they were interested in that, but they wanted to know okay, how is this impacting our neighbors, our own community here? And that's that's why we were doing it. And as as you know, we backed off a little bit now and talked about a few other subjects on those, still giving people updates, but. Uh, and, and certainly encourage people. You know, I, I was called out a couple of times that have a mask on or I didn't socially distance. And sometimes we get lax. And uh, I got to remind myself uh, if I don't, everyone else reminds me anyway, including my wife. But, <laughs> but just remind that folks out there. I mean, we're, we're in a good place in Massachusetts. We're going the right direction, but we shouldn't let our guard down completely. We got to pay attention and be you know diligent with you know washing the hands and the mask when you can't social distance. The typical tips that we've been talking about the last several weeks. It really is that simple. And, and you know, I went to my first restaurant last a week ago, last uh, an outside dining up at Alba's on the on the deck, and it was amazing. Been out to the marina since then, but yep. you really still have to be careful and be diligent. And you know, the the waiters are wearing masks for a reason, so we should be wearing masks when they come to our table, even if we take it off when they're when they go away. But those are the little things that'll keep us safe, right? Well, the other thing is, Mark, some people look better in a mask. I mean, uh... <laughs> I know what's coming next, folks. It's going to be. I have a face for radio or podcasting. <laughs> No, no, I didn't mention any names. Uh, I am out, he was uh, pointing his finger right at me, though. Just I am walking you know. uh, many nights now I, without having all these events I'm normally going to. Yeah. Uh, 
that's been a little bit of a blessing out of all this. I've yeah. I've been doing a lot of reading. I've I've been out walking and working out a little bit and get trying yeah. to be a little healthier. So folks, but, he's lost like you lost like thirty pounds, and then you you started you got some COVID weight back. I don't want to. You know, I think a little bit. You want to go there, Mark? Well, I say I, I gained 15 pounds. My daughter <laughs> says, to, like, freshman 15. More than I, that. I think it was more than that. <laughs> I, I'm losing it again, too. So, But you've lost it again. Yes, it's it's been it's been good doing But what's been funny is I go out. I go out, you know, later at night, uh, walk different routes, but go through some of the neighborhoods. They're checking out sidewalks and trees. I'm calling my department heads with always, things that I see. Always, always, But I'm, I'm always laughing because you, you come across somebody that they're running down the street in a mask. Or they're driving a car by themselves with a mask on. And I say, well, some people really take it to the extreme. And the other thing that is very frustrating is you see the mask all over the ground everywhere. I ask people, please, please, please uh, pick up after yourselves. And a lot of people that normally pick litter up and put it in a barrel don't want to pick somebody else's mask up, understandably so. So, you know, please encourage those folks out there, please don't litter. We have a beautiful city. Let's keep it that way. If you have the opportunity to go for a walk with the mayor, it's it's frustrating because you can't have a normal conversation because he's going to say, excuse me, and he grabs the phone and he'll call DPW or something, clean this up, make sure this is done. Because you do walk different routes everywhere you go. You drive to work well, different I all the drive time. drive them crazy. But if I don't do it then, I forget about it. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's you know, doing the job 24-7. We've had to cancel everything for the year pretty much as far as the um, event, all events uh, till till the fall anyway at this point. Right. I mean, this is a fluid situation, so we're, we're still being careful and, and aware in case this does come back. But at the same time, we still are opening up some things. And, and, you know, starting with we had Michelle Hanley in here from the rec department. She's the director of our recreation for the city, and, and yep. we're opening up some programs. Yep, Michelle uh, works for Commissioner Dave Murphy, who's in charge of the Natural Resources Department. Rec comes under that between Michelle, Dave, and the team down there. Uh, they came up with a great plan following the guidelines that we can get the parks opened up for kids. Here, here's the thing, Mark. Here's the reality. You see it. I see it. I'm out and about. Even looking outside here once in a while, you see six, eight, ten kids riding bikes together, hustling around. I mean, the kids are all playing anyway. Now, that doesn't mean we should be dismissive of the guidelines. My, my point, though, is if we were going to close the parks completely, what good is that? You know, so... Families need this right now after being, you know, the school's closed for so long. They need this. They need the kids need the social interaction. They need the recreation. So we're doing it in a very responsible way. I think it's, is it quinzyrec.com? They can go to the, yep, to check it out. But uh, we're, they're going to be offering camps, the pack and playground programs we do each summer with, with certain guidelines and certain restrictions. And they're cleaning on a regular basis, the playground equipment. We have temporary wash stations uh, for the kids to wash their hands on a regular basis at the park. So uh, a lot of measures have been taken to provide this opportunity for the families of Quincy. And uh, I'm proud of the work that uh, all my department has been doing through this. Uh, nobody's stuck their head in the sand and whined. Everyone's doing the right thing, working hard to make things happen. And we have a great team here in Quincy. So I'm grateful We really do. And even people like your new tourism directors finding new ways to communicate with other tourism offices around the state. And I know they're doing, she's doing weekly Zoom calls. Dagny, Dagny Ashley is doing a lot of Zoom calls with what can we do because tourism has been decimated around the world it has. But really, it's, a, it's an important part of our economy, too. Uh, it is. But there's a lot of, there's, there's also, anytime there's a, there's a challenge, there's opportunity, right? So when, when you have some downtime, you can really take a good look at things. 
a fresh look at things and do some great planning going forward. So sometimes when you're so wrapped up in the day-to-day stuff, you, you don't have a chance to do those things. So I know certainly from my perspective in this office uh, with my department, as we've done a lot of planning and executing on mm-hmm. projects. And, uh, and relief programs thing, as so. well, relief programs. I know Indeed. a lot of restaurants oh, are very yeah. appreciative. I know, speaking of restaurants, I know that you know Leo Keke did a, a thank you to everybody from from his bank to you to, to the community and other restaurants feel the exact same way, that we've been able to help our own. I was thinking of Leo yesterday. I was coming from, uh, I was visiting Mother Olga, coming from 8 o'clock Mass, and I was taking the left from School Street on to Hancock, and on the traffic box was a big sign, a picture of a cow. It says, people that love animals should not eat animals. And I said, boy, oh boy, Leo Keck is not going to like that sign. So I called my traffic department. I happen to like beef, too. So I said, get rid of that thing. Jeez. Uh, but no, Leo's, um, Leo's been a great... Uh, proprietor here in the, in the square for a long time. It was interesting to me dealing with my colleagues at, at all levels and, and, you know, regular basis in discussions and contact with the governor, lieutenant governor, and, you know, various mayors around the, the region, uh, Mayor Boston and others. But it amazes me that um, people are looking for help and guidance all the time. And, and, and I get that, but at some point, we're paid to make decisions. We're paid to lead. So we were just moving. You know, we knew we were going to get some money from, from the federal government. Mm-hmm. So why wait for it to come in? Because we needed the help then. So we did, as you know, we did the rent program right out of the box for people in the hospitality world out of the Affordable Housing Trust Fund, $2.5 million to help people with three months of rent that live day-to-day, paycheck-to-paycheck. That's money from developers when they come in and work in the city. So that's awesome to be able mm-hmm. to do that. Timmy Cahill and the team at the chamber helped us distribute that. Quincy Community Action, Bethany and Stroller helped us distribute that. We immediately get money out to all the food pantries because they were seeing a big uptick in traffic at those places. Uh, immediately got money out to them. We immediately worked with Father Bills and Joe Finn at the state level to separate the homeless and on top of each other that could really create a major problem for the spread of the virus. YMCA stepped up and helped us with space. Uh, Manic Community Health, uh, Cynthia Sierra, amazing, working with us on all this, doing the testing. And we provided the tents for his facility early on when there were no testing sites, and, and they pulled it off. It's just remarkable when you have such dedicated people with some common sense that get it. Let's get, let's get stuff done. It's been just phenomenal uh, across the board. And, of course, you mentioned the restaurant thing with, with the deal there. We, we used some CDBG money. When, when yeah. Congressman Lynch had grabbed me, Weeks ago, and said, uh, "What can we do? You know, we're talking about the CARES Act, and 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 I suggested, you know, can you give us some flexibility in community development block grant? And if you're putting some new money in, put it through that because it's an existing mechanism. You don't have to reinvent the wheel here. We can get the money in the street right away. So a lot of small businesses weren't able to navigate through the Small Business Administration grant money because all the biggies grabbed it and it appears afterwards." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this was an opportunity to help those smaller mom and pop shops. And I think there were about 380 that got a grant to help them with their mortgage or their rent to help carry them. So, and, and that was, that exceeded $2 million in, in yeah. federal money. And again, um, not only Congressman Lynch, but I got a call from Joe Kennedy a few weeks, several weeks ago saying, okay, what can I help? How can we help? And he said, well, this is what I talked to Steve Lynch about. Can you, whatever you can do in that regard. And of course, you know, the Senator Markey and Senator Warren certainly did their part on the Senate side, but everybody's just trying to do the right thing, trying to help people get through this crisis. And it's been refreshing in that regard. But without that help from locally, that we, the, the leadership that was taken here in the city, a lot of these small businesses, not just restaurants, but, you know, beauty salons, uh, nail salons or whatever else, or other, other kinds of small businesses wouldn't be opening again. Hey, right, it wasn't right out of the box, I went to the city council. 
half a million dollar transfer from snow and ice because mm-hmm. we had an easy winter mm-hmm. to start the process of helping people. And it was unanimous. Waiters, waitresses, things uh, like that, uh, bus boys. Yeah. The, the, the food pantries, all that stuff. And it was unanimous with the council. I mean, council President Nina Liang, the entire council, what can we do, whatever we need to do. They, so they've been with us lockstep. And, of course, our department heads on the ground executing with, with the city employees. I mean, whether you, whether you talk police, fire, our teachers, school uh, DPW, parks, libraries, everybody's doing their thing to deliver services to the residents. Uh, and it's, it's, I think it was uh, General Patton, I might, I might mess this up here, but he, he said that tell them what to do but not how to do it. They'll surprise you with the ingenuity. Now, I don't say that in a smart way, but the point is we don't have to micromanage people. These are smart people. <laughs> And, and they get it, and they have great passion for the city. So let's get it done, team. And uh, they're getting it done. It's, it's been remarkable. Ruth Jones, I, you know, I didn't mention Ruth, the yeah. public health commissioner. Unreal. What an unsung hero yeah. she's been. Day and night on the front lines of this thing with her team, calling shots on the ground and getting the guidance from the state and implementing it locally in a reasonable way with some common sense. Takes phone calls, talks to people. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I should have talked. I should have mentioned Ruth earlier sooner than this. But absolutely, we got a great team. We really do. Very fortunate. Well, and just to just to circle back for a second, just want to let uh, the folks know that those those parents out there with young children, uh, the clinics and workshop registration for the rec department is open now. Uh, it's underway. It's been open since uh, Friday, July nineteenth, and you can give them a call by just or just visit quinzyrec.com. That's the way to do it. Also, Mayor, since we're talking about the young kids and talking about the schools, the business of government is still moving on, and with all the COVID uh, regulations. I know that you just got a brand new booklet from the state of Mass yesterday, and just want to touch base yeah, the, on that. I know. Yeah, the governor spoke yesterday about the, the plans for the fall, which Kevin Mulvey is our interim school superintendent, and Aaron Perkins, the entire superintendent's leadership team, have really been working their tails off with all kinds of alternatives uh, to plan for the fall. Now, this is this is on top of the typical. They they broke records with the robust return on amount of kids that want to participate in summer school. We're now putting the special needs in-person summer school together. They do the hiring for the fall at this time of year. But with all of this COVID stuff, there's all kinds of challenges now. So they they were literally out measuring every school, every classroom. Okay, where can we put kids? If we have to do temporary classrooms, how can we lay the buildings out? With all of these possible scenarios for September. So yesterday, we got some guidance at this point that the team's now looking at. And a couple of things off the top. One, for example, is... They're suggesting kids in a classroom three feet apart. You know, the talk weeks ago was six feet apart, which would have been impossible to have a, a class. You'd, you'd have to have three or four classes a day per class size. It yeah. just wouldn't work. So the other thing, and, and look, at, I'm, not a, I'm not a doctor, and, and I don't want to minimize anything, but from my observation, the kids have not been getting sick. Now, understandably, they, they transmit things. They, they carry the germs, and, and, and I get all of that. You know, I think we got to get them back in the classroom. So I'm glad to see the state has given us the guidelines to implement to do that. Uh, and I know things can change. If we get some kind of a crazy surge that, you know, some hap- other states it's happening now, then we may have to adjust. But we, we are working hard on this. Uh, and my colleagues on the school committee, um, you know, Anthony Andronico is the vice chair. And, you know, Emily Lebo and, and Doug Gutro, Paul Bergoli, Frank Santoro, and Kathy Hubley. They're weighing in all the time. They're, they're very concerned. And, and um, you know, we, we've had a number of special community meetings that we don't normally have just to try to try to stay up on this stuff, you know. And 
Graduation program. We're going to have live graduations July 24th and 25th at Quincy and North, so that's a great thing. But, you know, people got to stay tuned on this, and they certainly can call the school department. It looks like the state is suggesting that maybe we have an alternative virtual learning, even while kids are in, if parents and families not comfortable, or if there's somebody in the family that has tested positive, they're going to keep the kid home. It gives them an option to keep learning. So there's still a lot of work to be done, but Very you know, we're, on the right, yeah. we're on the right track. Very fluid situation, and uh, we appreciate the updates. And the good thing about this podcast is a little bit of a long-form thing where I know you're doing your videos every single day, but it's like two to three, two to five minutes, really. And so I'm sure that they Well, the real it. reason you think this is good is because you're participating. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no. But also, as we sort of close the show, um, spend a few we minutes. We get eight minutes here. When do you close well, the show? I'm saying this is, I, well, I know you could be long-winded on this one, so I just want oh, to, th- I mean, in the nicest yeah, way. Okay. Hmm. Uh, there goes a dock of pay right there. I did want to talk, we have, we have had a movement across this country, and as you've said, you know, men and women have, have died for people's right to protest mm-hmm. in this country, and that's what makes this country so great. But there's been both positive and negative, but the one thing that you've been sort of uh, touted for in, in, in a good way, in a good light is, is the police department. And the police department here in Quincy is really stellar. And they do so much more than people actually even realize. So I know you sort of yeah, attended this, the defend this, the police thing this Look, what, what I think was one of the most unfortunate things in the time we're living in is you can't have a conversation. If somebody disagrees with you, you're a bigot, you're racist, you're this, you're that, but whatever the case, immediately, immediately. So I, I think that's very disturbing. And I think that's, uh, to some degree, I blame, I blame academia. I mean, I, I really, people that know me know I'm a conservative, but I'm open-minded, and, and I always listen to all sides, and I treat everybody with respect. But, in, in fact, I'll tell this quick story. Well, when Mark, it comes to the homeless, when it comes to addicted people, you're, you're all, I would say you're very I'm going liberal. to tell you this quick story. Bernice Maida was a teacher. You remember Bernice. And sure, also worked sure. with her in the Sheets Administration. And she taught political science. And she was putting on, as the teacher, she was putting on a, a debate the presidential election, the, uh, the Reagan-Carter-Anderson election for the patients at Long Island Hospital. I was in the class, and I wanted Reagan. She says, no, you're going to do Carter. The kid that wanted Carter, she gave Reagan. That was a teaching moment to me. That was to me say, okay, I understand you like Reagan, but you're going to learn about the other side because you should know both sides. You should know all the information before you make a decision. And she was, she was fairly liberal herself, but she was fair respectful, and taught both sides. That's what's missing in our education system. And I think we have a problem in the high schools. I love my teachers. And I think we definitely have a problem in the colleges. When you see in studies that more than 90% of our professors and teachers are self-proclaimed liberals, there's a problem. When you hear, when I heard from my kids... I wouldn't even say liberals, I'd say leftists. Different term of liberal than what we used to know it as. Progressive, whatever the term you want to use. And look at it, I'm not... I'm not challenging their personal opinion, but I'm challenging them to use the classroom to advance their own agenda. That's a problem. A good teacher, the kids shouldn't know who they're voting for, right? They should be teaching about the issues and the implications of, of both sides, or maybe it's three sides, whatever the case may be. But these people are pushing this left-wing agenda, and we're, we're reaping what we have sown. And to see what's been going on across this country, not minimizing the point. We do have an issue of racism in this country. Of we course. continue to do it. And you know what? I, I hope we're going to eradicate it, but you know, history of mankind, there's always been issues. with. And I don't care whether you talk about the Japanese and the Chinese, the English and the Irish. Uh, there's a lot of examples. The Turks with the Armenians. I mean, it's disgusting and disgraceful how many millions have died at the hands of racism. So, you know, I'm opposed in 
racism in any form, and I think any average person is. So I want to make that perfectly clear. I also want to suggest that one of the great heroes, I think, of, of the last century was Martin Luther King. Amen. And he advocated in a peaceful way for human beings to get along. And he did it in a remarkable way. He was a, a great American, a great patriot, but he did it in a peaceful way. And I think that's part of the problem right now. And, and I was called out because I used the term thugs and animal behavior. Animal-like behavior. Animal-like behavior. And what I was watching happening in Boston with these criminals pulling up in cars, running into stores and looting and burning. And to me, that was animal-like behavior. Look at the cop that put his knee on George Floyd's neck was a thug. He was. He was a thug. He was. And he probably should have got rid of years ago based on what we understand now about his record. I don't know if he was a racist or not, but he's a thug, and he should be in jail for what he did. And unfortunately, thugs like that give the entire police a bad name. When you look at the stats nationally, the stats aren't that bad at all. And when you look at Quincy, and, and I'll defend my department, they're not perfect. We're all human. Everyone can have a bad day. But the city of Quincy police, they were in the front lines in the 70s on domestic violence. The first department in the country, we were the first department in the country to use Narcan. First department in the country to do visits for after somebody OD'd to make sure they were getting the help. I mean, it could go on and on. When these young people, and everyone is entitled to their opinion, but I suggest you do your homework. Some of the crazy emails I've gotten, they have no idea what they're talking about. One said, your $12 million police budget is way out of whack. Well, guess what? It's a $30 million budget, dear. So let's start with the facts. Uh, you know, I, it just it bothers me that you just paint everyone with, with this brush. And if you disagree, you're a bigot, you're racist, you're this, you're that. So let's stop the name calling and act like adults instead of fourth graders. And have conversations. And sit at the table in conversations. Okay, how can we work things out? How can, The city of Quincy has been a gateway community for over 100 years, which means you go back 100 years, we're 30% immigrants. Today, we're 30% immigrants. Different faces. I love that. Different origins. But... This city, it's done it well. We, we had one of the first mosques in New England. Johnny Gillis used to talk about mm. that growing up in Quincy Point. He was Catholic. He said, my years. friends were yeah. Protestants, Jews, Muslims. We played football together. Uh, you know, but there are ignorant people out there. Yep. There are racist people out there. And there shouldn't be any room for that in our nation today. And I'm absolutely opposed to any of that. I think there's more underlying issues that we need to talk about in society. And when you go into some of these big inner cities and you see the violence going on night in, night out, when the school systems aren't delivering what they should be delivering, the breakdown of the families when there's, you could go on and on and on. There's a lot of issues here, deep-rooted issues that need to be dealt with, but it can only happen when we have a conversation like adults at the table. And on that note, Mayor, another edition of City View with Mayor Tom Koch, a podcast, Quincy podcast, is in the books. What do you say, Mayor? That's that's a good good to be back. Good to be back. Enjoy the summer.